Welcome to the Steadfast Podcast. I'm Jesse Evans, psychotherapist and owner of Steadfast Christian Counseling in Charleston. I'm inviting you on a journey to discover the art of self-kindness and its ripple effect on community service. Join me and my talented array of guests as we uncover the path to internal resilience, compassion, acceptance, and steadfastness. Come and do the work with us. On the podcast today is Annalise Lind. Annalise is one of the counseling team members at Steadfast. She has her master's in counseling from Dallas Theological Seminary, and she specializes in child-centered play therapy. Annalise and I use a lot of language in the podcast today that comes from a therapy modality called internal family systems. Internal family systems, very simply put, is a framework that we can use to help us understand our internal family of emotions and thoughts and behaviors and how they interact with one another. If you'd like to learn more about IFS, I highly recommend the book Boundaries for Your Soul by Allison Cook and Kimberly Miller. I'll link to it in the show notes. And as an aside to that, if you are in the Charleston area, we'd love for you to save the date for our Steadfast Leadership Conference, which is going to be held at Charleston Southern University on April 12th and 13th. One of the authors for Boundaries for Your Soul, Kimberly Miller, is going to come and really walk us through some of the work that Annalise and I talk about in the podcast today. You'll get an intensive therapy experience in the two days that you're at the event. So we hope you'll join us. Annalise shares in the podcast today that she took a bit of a detour from her original career path, and it was in that time when she was working in college campus ministry that she felt like the seeds were planted for her to become a therapist. Um, She and I really dig deep into self-care today and the importance of that as leaders, as we care for other people. Also, we get really concrete in this episode on how to know as leaders when we need to set a boundary, when we need to pull back a little bit so that we can care for ourselves more deeply. Great, great discussion today, and I know that you're going to be encouraged by it. Also, her dog joins us for a quick second at the end, so let that fill your heart with joy also. Annalise, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It really is an honor to have you. And I'm just, I'm excited as we're having these conversations with all the therapists, just to, I feel like we're getting to know each other a little bit more deeply. So thank you for um, agreeing to come on and be vulnerable in this way. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here today. I've always wanted to do something like this. So I can just jump in. Yeah, let's do it. Let's jump in. And so actually in college, I was involved with a campus ministry um, that I really enjoyed. And I decided I wanted to become a doctor, but I thought, you know what, I'll go two years in ministry and um, just kind of do a little internship and then return back um, to the medical field from there. 
um, or start out in the medical field rather. <laughs> I hadn't had much experience. Um, so I moved to Texas um, from Mississippi, which was kind of a big move for me. I mm. had never lived out of Mississippi before. So that was a big part of my story. And um, that really just sort of rocked my world a little bit. It grew my faith a lot. And that was the first time I'd gotten to formally and professionally kind of sit with people um, in a job. And so I, you know, had always had plans of going back to medical school, but then um, after those couple of years, they said, oh, would you think about staying longer and coming on staff? Mm-hmm. And so going through the process of interviewing for that, I started sort of reflecting on my time with students um, mm-hmm. as, you know, I was a 22 year old being able to sit with students and have coffee. And I realized, oh, I want to be with people in the heart of um, their lives mm-hmm. and, and what they're doing rather than um, just the medical side, which is great. But I wanted to be able to sit with people longer yeah. And so that led me into saying, well, I think I want to go to school for counseling um, and started a program um, back in 2017 at Dallas Seminary. Took a long time mm. to do that. Um, and really through that process, learned so much about what it's like to work on your emotional health while caring for others when you're ministering to others. Mm. And I know that's a big part of our mission at Steadfast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. So, yeah, for me, that was huge. I mean, I was really young and like had a lot to learn about my own mental health, my own boundaries. Um, actually, like while I was in school for counseling, we took some t- tests on um, depression and anxiety and realized that I was really depressed, which in hindsight, it makes sense. Mm. Um, But because I was working so hard, what I thought was, you know, pouring out, caring for others, was not making time to even notice my own emotional health. Um, So that was kind of a, a come to Jesus moment for me. So a lot of what you were doing with, um, as you know, you were serving others, pouring out to others. And part of that maybe was an accommodation to your own um, stress that you were under, a, a protector at play that maybe you weren't aware of. Yes, absolutely. It was a protector for sure. Yes. And, and that's kind of how I had learned to operate. And it took that humbling moment mm. of having you know, a psychometric test, tell me, hey, you're really depressed um, mm. to kind of notice like, oh, there's some, some things going on in, in my own heart that I need to kind of really look at. Um, mm. Yeah. So that was, that was really big for me um, and ended up, I guess, later that year, actually taking sort of a sabbatical while I was in ministry um, and spending time mm just with the Lord and, and kind of confronting some of those protectors and noticing um, what it was like Mm. to just really sit and rest before him and kind of started this journey for me of, Oh, what does it look like Mm. to actually turn um, inward and look at your own heart while caring for others too? So, yeah. What was that moment like for you when you're in this place of serving in this specific way and 
for you to kind of be surprised when you take this diagnostic. And I mean, I'm just wondering what emotions came up for you. Did you have any, um, I mean, I'm prone to like uh, imposter syndrome. <laughs> like, I'm just wondering, did anything like that come up? Like, gosh, like, I'm, how did I not even mm-hmm. notice this in myself? Yeah, it was definitely imposter syndrome because it's like, here I am talking to college students all day long about their anxiety and depression and also in school to be a counselor um, and not even realizing my my own. And, and then also kind of having to confront those protectors, those managers in my own life yeah. of, I thought I was doing this well. Like mm-hmm. I thought no one was noticing <laughs> that I was yeah. really struggling here. Um, yeah. And to confront my own, I guess, lack of just boundaries and being able to say no. And like, Mm. that can still be holy and okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm just curious too. Um, you know, I think often when we step in and we start to confront some of these protectors, it can be a little bit scary. Um, so what, what was that like for you? to realize like, oh yeah, like I've got these managers at play. Um, what was it? What was that journey like for you? Yeah. So that, it was tough because yeah, at first there was sort of this like confusion and surprise. And then as I started to um, kind of confront those things, I realized, oh, I'm not actually really that surprised about this. Like I did know there were a lot of ways mm-hmm. that I was struggling that this was going on. Um, but to use, I guess, IFS language, they were exiles kind of underneath that and um bigger you know parts to deal with and that was a journey that started um, when I was in ministry Mm -hmm. and then going forward um into counseling as well because still being in a helping profession it's something that constantly having to confront those protectors to make sure that um you know, what's going on is not just something that looks really great. Like I'm helping a lot of people and, you know, achieving at that, whatever that means. Um, but then dying on the inside. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, when I think about, um, all these parts mm-hmm. inside, um, the way I explain it to people is kind of like an orchestra playing. So there's like, it's not that we want to like exile the managers, we just want the managers to kind of relax mm-hmm. and play properly within the orchestra. Like they're just, they're playing a little bit too loud for you at that time and covering up some other mm-hmm. parts of you that kind of needed to be heard and seen. And so for you to have the bravery, I think it really is bravery to just decide, okay, because I think our managers serve us well. Like, work serves me well, creativity serves me well. And if I really lean into that area, um, you know, I can cover up a lot of things that I don't necessarily want to look at, but the bravery is taking the time to like tune the orchestra, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one big thing that I think I am learning for myself and then also love to sit with clients as they learn this is self-compassion in that process of being really gentle with ourselves oh my gosh yes yeah yeah that as we as we confront those different parts of ourselves that um 
yeah, that orchestra of they can work together, that that protector developed for a reason and um, has good intentions, but in in your core self and the and the Holy Spirit that's working within you, being able to kind of uh, calm and nurture that protector to say, hey, it's okay for you to to kind of relax just a little bit because Jesus is at work and you're you're not Jesus and that's okay. Really, that was a big deal for me. Um, I did a year of college ministry in Mississippi. Um, where I helped start a college ministry at a church and it was COVID. (laughs) So that was kind of a big part of realizing the rest of like, yeah, this is really not going to go how you want it to. Um, Mm. But at the same time was like a really sweet time to see the Lord work even through that, those circumstances in, in 2020. And um yeah, so, and, and then eventually I, I finished my degree and um, we had moved to Charleston and have been um, a counselor here working with both adults and, and kiddos um, and have really, yeah, just loved being at Steadfast and, and the mission, like I said earlier, the mission that Steadfast has for caring for people who are helping others, whether that's mm-hmm. parents. I see so many parents in my office or whether that's people in ministry um, or, you know, pastors or um, people out in the community too. So that's a big part of my heart uh, for therapy uh, because of my own story and because of how, how I've seen that play out in my own mm-hmm. life and, and in my own therapy. I've had the same therapist for almost 10 years now. And um, I'm so thankful for that lasting relationship to, to check in with. Yeah. So great. Okay. So I'm curious about um, just things as you've kind of, I mean, you've done the work yourself. You've, you've uh, like Tiff and I talked about last week, sort of uh, laying out the, the strands of spaghetti. You've kind of, you've teased out the parts, you know, yourself well, after being in therapy for a decade, um, and doing this work with other people, I think is so revealing as well. But what I'm curious is, as you've started to notice all these different parts at play, um, what are some things you've noticed? Just even thinking back to that little girl, that past iteration of yourself in Mississippi, um, what are some things that you've just, you know, the Lord has like put in you, like some things he's woven into you um, that have made you the leader that you are today and um, have given you the passions to do, um, to do the things that you do. And I love thinking about it as, as the little girl, you know, from that, from that past iteration too. I think I've always loved just people and, and being with people and sitting with people. Um, and I think, especially because of the experiences that I've had of of not really laying out the spaghetti, <laughs> I have a passion of helping other people do that in a way that feels gentle with mm. themselves. Um, and and that's been a part of my story. That I'm very, I've always been very hard on mm. myself. I'm, you know, my biggest critic, and I work with a lot of young women who mm. also experience that. And, and I think sometimes experience that 
um, in their, in their faith and think that, you know, God is just wanting us to sort of get it together and being able to, Mm -hmm. through counseling, help them see like, no, he's actually like delighted for you to run to him Mm. with these things. And he accepts all of your Mm. parts. Like he he loves all of these parts of you and you don't have to be fearful of going there because he already knows. And, And he's delighted for you to bring those things to him too so yeah yeah, I mean I think a a big part of like the Lord forming me as a leader has been learning how to be kinder to myself um I've always you know loved being with people and and wanting to help others but also giving that kind of to myself um and then realizing like oh that can actually really help others more because being able to to do that work, to lay out that spaghetti is giving um, the people that you're helping the gift of, of going there themselves and seeing how they can go there. And that it's kind of a cool surprise. Like, Oh, actually Jesus is better than I think he's sweeter and softer than I think he is. And I mean, and he's mighty and powerful and all of those things. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so good. As you're saying that I've just, you know, I think so often we do confuse that inner critic for the voice of the Lord so much. But I think such a big part of what we do, it's like a layered thing. I've got to learn to be kind to myself. And then as I learn that, as I learn to identify that inner critic, as I learn to kind of take those thoughts captive, as I Um, I'm kind of sitting with some of these things, which as a sidebar, isn't it funny that it's so much easier for us? We're so conditioned in this way. Like my inner critic, I believe that so much more quickly than I do like an inner kind voice. Like it's like if I try to start telling myself, I am good, I am qualified, I am not an imposter. Like I said before, I was made to be here. I have to kind of train myself in believing that, whereas it's so easy to just swallow down the the negative pill of, look at this, like you're out of your league, you're out of your depth, you know? We work with people to change the tape on that inner critic, but at the same time, they're also training, like being able to hear the true heart of the Lord you know, which is so much more, if we're talking, what we're talking about now is attachment. It's so much more like, I love you. I'm for you. I'm here. I'm not, I'm never going to leave you or forsake you. I've put things in you. It's like the voice of that true loving parent of, oh my goodness, I am so for you. I'm dancing over you, you know? And so to me, if as Christian therapists, Um, when we're working with our believing clients, if we really can help them to get like just a deeper glimpse of how loved and how seen and how cared for they are um, Mm -hmm. by our heavenly father, like to me, like that's, that's the deepest part of the work that we can do because it brings so much freedom after that. If I believed I'm loved by God and he sees me and he's for me, Mm Oh my gosh, now it's like, let's go, you know? Yeah, when we can't 
nurture those parts of ourselves knowing that he does and and sometimes that yeah that can be complicated for you have to kind of unlearn some things about God before realizing that he is nurturing Mm -hmm. those parts but yeah like and going back to those early attachment wounds in in therapy can help people do that to see um you know my ideas about God are often my ideas about this negative attachment that I had early on for whatever reason. And and that's what we do in play therapy with kids. It's giving them space mm. to have a healthy attachment and environment where they can play out what they need to because they feel they feel safe. Um and another mm. thing I was going to say Jesse about that is uh, and you've talked about this several times um in in the podcast already but is helping people sit in their window of tolerance to be able to get there. Yeah. Um, to be able to to get to that place um, where they feel like they can have this nurturing part of themselves. And um, yeah, which that that has been a huge thing for me lately of helping clients find that window of tolerance where they're not triggered mm-hmm. and hyper hypo arousal, but they're able to um, be the most compassionate, caring version of themselves and and I know you and Tiff talked a lot about trauma and how that takes that away from you. It takes a lot of those choices away. Yep. And so sometimes it's even just getting to a place where you could like look at yourself in a compassionate way where it doesn't feel too activating. Like sometimes that work takes a long time too. Yeah. And that, that moment is just such a win too. When you sit with somebody and you experience that moment happen, you just know like, oh man, like things are about to open up in a great way for you. Um, So freeing. Like you said, there's such freedom in that. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. A big part of what I I wanted to talk about was you'd kind of already led me there is what does it look like as a person in ministry or as a parent or, um, you know, as somebody who is a doctor or whatever you do in your job, you're leading others. What does it look like to care for yourself in the middle of that and, and be able to pour into others better because you've been poured into. And um, yeah, I think that's, that's a big passion of mine um, that when I first heard like, Oh, this is something that steadfast was about. I said, sign me up because this is, this is so important. Um, and I, I think there's can be a lot of um, barriers to that too yeah. sometimes for people if they don't have the resources to look inward and care for themselves. So let's talk about that as somebody who has been in ministry. What do you think are some of those barriers to, um, to self-care? Yeah, I think, I mean, one big thing practically is just busyness. Like it's so easy to just keep busy with good things, with, you know, Bible studies, with volunteer work, with, you know, maybe it's your kids' soccer games or, and and all of those are good things. But what does stillness look like in the middle of that to be able to sit with the Lord, sit with your thoughts? Uh, And that was something that was really still is, but hasn't been in the past, especially when I was working in ministry, really hard. And when you have all these good options of things to do, um, but to take time away 
with the Lord. And it's something our culture prizes so much. Um, and that there can be like a holiness to just, to just being and, and sitting. Mm. And, and that does require a lot of just boundaries. And so sometimes uh, for people in ministry there, and, and for me included, there has to be a lot of boundary work done to say, okay, how can yeah. you actually say no and, and that be okay? Because you're saying yes to other things. Uh, which is so hard, even yes. as it's coming out of my mouth, I'm like, this is the hardest thing to do. Right? Yeah. But, yeah. To know, like, what are the things, you know, what are the things that um, I need to say yes to? What are the things that I need to say no to? And obviously, like, we're we're working to hear the voice of the Lord on that and kind of gauge um, and be discerning in those ways. But I would also ask you, like, how do you know? Like what, what are your internal kind of alarm systems or maybe emotions that come up um, when you've gone over that boundary? Like, how do you know, oh my goodness, I'm overworking right now, or I'm starting to get to, you know, maybe, maybe number seven or eight on the burnout um, scale. What goes off for you and your body? Yeah. So for me, ways that I know I'm going over that boundary. Part of it is listening to my body, which I had had to learn how to do. And I know last time Tiff talked about trauma being stored in the body and that if you've learned, whether that's big T trauma or little T trauma, if you've learned to be disconnected from your body or to ignore the warning signals that your body is giving you, it can take some time to practice and notice that. So I ask clients all the time in session, what is your, what are your body telling you right now? Or if that, you know, tension in your chest could talk, what would it say? Uh, and so some of it for me is, is mm-hmm. noticing that in my own life of when I'm feeling those physical pains saying, oh, what is this part of my body saying to me right now? Um, and checking in on that, um, And then also just being able to listen to my self and my gut of if I'm starting to kind of have an apathy towards other people or what people are saying, uh, that's a huge check engine light for me because I normally love being with people and helping people. And so if you're somebody who is in a ministry or in a helping profession, you know, that's, that's your norm. And so when you are noticing that you kind of notice, okay, I think I'm going out of my window of tolerance. I'm either shutting down and and I have Mm -hmm. some apathy, or maybe you're feeling really, really anxious all the time. Um, about things that you normally wouldn't get anxious about or about interactions with people in your ministry or, um, yeah. So for me, that's a big deal. Listening to my body, listening to my emotional health. Um, and when I'm not taking that time to sit before the Lord and I'm constantly choosing other things, that's another way for me to look and say, okay, this is falling off of the map and I'm not having time to check in. Um, and mm. how how can I make mm. that space not in a legalistic way, but in a way that's really just spending time with your father and and sitting with him? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so good. I think too, like these things are so subtle. Mm-hmm. You have to really be 
tuned in to notice like I'm getting outside of my lane here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's an art form almost, I think. And it takes some listening, listening to ourselves. And, and that's why I'm such a big proponent of therapy because being able to have another objective person that's sitting with you um, to help you do that. And, and obviously that can also be done in community, but sometimes it takes someone a little bit outside of that to encourage you to even be vulnerable with your community that you need help in this too. Um, Cause it's easy. It's really easy to hide. One of my favorite podcasts is um, called the place we find ourselves. And the therapist who has this podcast is Adam Young. And one of the things that he says is we can't find ourselves by ourselves. It it takes sitting with someone. I mean, that we were made for community in that way. It takes sitting with someone and having somebody reflect back to you, feeling that attunement that you were talking about earlier in those play sessions. It takes that to see these parts of ourselves um, and and really get to know who we are on a deeper level. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, on that note, I love that podcast too. Um, Some things for people Mm. who are in ministry or in helping professions or even who are parents, um, some, some tips that I would say for them. One is, you know, yes, therapy. You can't find yourself by yourself. I love that. You need an outside perspective. Um, And then also an outside perspective of podcasts. I love podcasts and I know you do too, Jesse. We're doing a podcast right now. But for me, some days when I'm checking with that internal gauge and I'm noticing, man, I'm feeling really worn down and I'm starting to believe some of these lies that I'm hearing from my protectors or my Mm -hmm. inner critic, um, listening to some Mm -hmm. hope and some truth of people saying to me, hey, you can't do this alone. Um, and, and having that truth poured in, I think is so helpful, um, whether that's about ministry, counseling, parenting. Um, I'm huge on that as well. Um, yeah, and then just learning yeah. like how to listen to your body. I can't say that enough of like being able to tune in yeah. that God created us not just as brains <laughs> that he created us as body souls and and that there's yeah. a reason if we're feeling some tension or something in our body that doesn't feel right a lot of times it is connected to what's going on with us that we haven't tuned into yet that our body is a lot quicker to notice um, yeah so I think those would be a few big things yeah. that I would say uh, for people, yeah, who who are struggling to mm-hmm. kind of say, what does self care look like? Um, that it's okay, and I would argue actually really helpful to the people under your care and really important, so that you're not just hiding behind the work that you're doing, but that the Lord is really uh, using your work to care for others. And the you know the biggest thing is. He's always working on us in the work that we're doing, that he's transforming us, that it ends up not only just being for other people, but for ourselves, that he cares about our own Mm -hmm. mental health and our own souls in the process, too. 
Yes. Yes. So the always asking the question, okay, Lord, you've put me in this, in this situation. And yes, it's for a purpose. It's for a mission, but man, it's also for the inner work. You are, you're growing me, you're shaping me, you're weeding things out of me. And to always be curious about that um, is beautiful. Yes. Yeah. The curiosity piece too. Like that's another Another term that I love from IFS is how can we be curious about what's going on, what the Lord is doing. Um, And when we're not feeling curious about that, that can be another warning sign that maybe there's something else going on we need to kind of attend to. Yeah, because it's hard to be curious and afraid at the same time. Yeah, yeah, that's a good word. One last thing that's coming up for me, just as we've kind of given these tips, I'm a team person and I think you've got to surround yourself as a leader with people who are also doing this work um, and who aren't afraid to communicate um, with the team and who feel the freedom to bring their gifts and talents. And I mean, you just, there's, there's no such thing as a lone wolf. You know, you can't, it's, it's pack life. So. Absolutely. I think that we were meant to be in that sort of team community. I mean, Jesus had 12 disciples, right? <laughs> he, he didn't just have one. And, yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> and then like the team that you surround yourself with matters that um, as humans too, we trigger each other. And so sometimes there might be people on your team that are making you kind of go back to that little childhood place that's making you have a lack of boundaries or predisposing you to that. And so, um, yeah, being aware of, of who is on your team and, um, helping them be poured into as well. And then also working on your own stuff when you're feeling activated by their parts that are coming up too, I think as well. Yeah. Well, Annalise, is there anything that you want to say to everyone, to the listeners, just as we wrap up here? Yeah, I mean, I think this has gone, as it always does with the Lord, right, in a direction that was better than I thought it could even be. Um, But yeah, I think I would just say, Mm -hmm. you know, be kind to yourself. Uh, It takes a lot of strength to be in the place where you are, um, Mm -hmm. how you're helping people, however that is that giving yourself some grace and um, being able to kind of run to the father in that and receive the grace that he gives. Uh, Yeah, that would be, that would be the thing I would want to leave listeners with that um, God is better than you think he is. And, and that you can, you can afford to be gentle with yourself today. Thank you. You're such a gift. I hope you know it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey everyone, thanks so much for taking the time to listen today. We're really honored by that. And we hope that this podcast was an encouragement to you. Please like and share it with your friends. Give us a review. That really helps other people find us. And also, we just want to say that even though we are therapists, this podcast is for informational purposes only. Please do not make this podcast a substitute for therapy. That is not its intent. 
we do say if you are looking for a therapist, we can help you. If you're within the state of South Carolina, give us a call. You can find us online at steadfastchristiancounseling.com and you can get connected with one of our therapists there. And if you're outside of South Carolina and you would like for us to help you get connected with a therapist, it would be our honor. We believe wholeheartedly that therapy is an important part of human growth and development, an important part of human maturity, not just something to reach for in time of crisis. The music for this podcast was produced by DJ Whitehot, and the beat was provided by freebeats.io. Check them out if you're looking for some great music. Have a great day, y'all.